Hello, and welcome to the inaugural, I think the inaugural is the word for the first ever thing, episode, uh, yeah. excellent, of Character Witness. Now today I have a very special guest, somebody who has been in every single campaign I've ever played, apart from the ones I DM'd at work. Um, it is my good friend, Ryan, and he's going to talk to us today about his characters and why they're so cool. Because a lot of the time when people play D&D, they have a character that they really like, but the only person who ever gets to see what the characters do or the other people in that game. I'm sure you can talk about it online and stuff, but it's just not the same. It's just getting down and really just going into depth in your character and showing like the process, how you made to create them and all that shit. So, without further ado, I'm going to get straight into it. How are you doing, Ryan? I am pretty good, although, you know, I'm kind of disappointed with the introduction that you gave me, to be honest. I thought I maybe deserved something more grandiose for the inaugural. We don't have numero- We don't have trumpets in the budget. Oh. Sorry. We don't have anything in the budget. I don't have a budget. I'm actually recording this from a wheelie bin, so. And it's my wheelie bin. Exactly. That I'm not paying any rent for. So, before we go into the characters and stuff, I just want to just go into why you started playing D&D. Like, what was the first um, inkling that you wanted to play? Man, I mean, um, I think we we maybe tried playing D&D a really long time ago. Oh boy, um, did we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With varying degrees of success as well. So I think maybe we maybe played about like eight, nine years ago, maybe. And, and it was always one of those things that I was uh, kind of interested in. Yeah. Um. I always. I mean. I, I enjoy anything, like all avenues of D and D. I think some people might enjoy the RP more. Some people enjoy the stories or the combat. I just absolutely fucking love everything about D and D. Um. But I think, most of all, I love um. Being able to like improv, you know, with a group of friends, yeah. and you know, being able to build something together, I think is a is a big thing for me. Yeah. Like. I think the first time we ever tried to play D&D was in Bill's house many moons ago yep. and the skeletons yep. were too hard to fight and we tried to pick yep. a fight with some old people in the tavern. But I guess yep. like that's part of the appeal, like anything can happen, like you want to go on grandiose adventures to fight dragons and then you end up getting the shit pasted out of you by some old men in the <laughs> <Yes>. tavern. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way the dice goes, somehow sometimes that's not the way the dice go and that's just what they had planned but i think either or like i'm always uh, you know i i never want to like deviate from what a, a dm has planned but i always want to like i always like being involved in what the dm has planned so if they give you a scenario uh you know what can you bring to that scenario what can you do what can you change about that or how can you interact with someone else about it so i think there's there's not really anything that does the same thing quite like D&D. Yeah, like, I think it's good to push the limits of what a DM will allow you to do within reason. Like, recently, at the end of the last episode of our campaign that we're both in, um, I tried to push my luck and got arrested at the end. So, <laughs> that was <laughs> Yeah, fun. I mean, <laughs> I feel like if you've not went and got arrested in a campaign, like, it, it's kind of like the rite of passage in D&D. Like, sometimes you're just going to do something stupid. You're probably going to get arrested... Uh, but what? it's just one of those things that has to happen. I've just realised I've been arrested twice playing D and D, both on <laughs> the my current character's father in the same exact city that my current character just been by arrested the same in, by the by same people. By the same guy. <laughs> it's going to keep a thread going. So as you say, you you really love everything about D and D. So with that in mind, how many games are you currently in at the moment? Um, so we, we play one together, um, yep. you know, we play over Roll20, which is a, you know, a very big group, and then, yes. um, we, we, you know, we play with Mike, and then me and Mike also play a home game that we play in person. Mm-hmm. Um, that group hasn't been around for as long, I, I mean, we've still got about maybe sort of 30, 35 sessions in, which is a decent yep. amount of time. Um, but there, what I like is that, I mean, we've been playing for quite a while now, we all know our characters, we know the rules, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and those guys was a very different, like, the only people that have played had played Pathfinder. Everyone was new to 5e. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody had really played D&D before besides, like, me and Mike. So it was nice to um, sort of be a part of such a, like, a, a different group and see someone who's completely new have, like, a completely fresh take on, on a character and, and how to play the game and that sort of thing. 
Yeah. So, let's move on to the meat and potatoes, as they say, of the podcast. Um, so, we're going to talk about your characters. First one, who is sadly no longer with us anymore, <laughs> is going to be Devin Goldhand. My, uh, some might say my arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> I think plenty would say uh, arch nemesis, party included, most likely. So, but... if you could give a, a short just a summary of the type of guy or the type of character Devin was um, that would be great yeah um, I, I think it's it's kind of difficult because who Devin was um, and who Devin became are two different things like at the very beginning of the the campaign it was a he was a, a, a thief he had ulterior motives he was a coward um, yeah. he was very selfish um but he was interested in the party seeing him as some kind of big hero who was you know more important than he was and more capable than he was um and i think that i mean we we played for quite a while but i was glad that it kind of evolved from that into something else and i think that's kind of a recurring theme with the characters that i like to play as well but i I would say coward with a heart of piss is probably (laughs) (laughs) It's probably the best way to describe Devin in a nutshell. I would say, I would, I like maybe it wasn't as apparent for like the other members of the group, but it was for me um, because I think a lot of the time, like I was, you were trying to fuck with my character, who was a pacifist, half orc barbarian at the time. So uh-huh. I had, I think I had the most rapport with you, just out of just because you were teaching me how to read or my character how to read. Yeah. Just want to clarify, I can read in real life. Um, and I think it was a case of, I, I noticed like at the start you would stay out of things, but as time went on, you eventually started doing things like running into battle, even though he had like 12 HP cause he was excuse yeah. made of paper. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a coward for good reason. I think is the most important thing. It wasn't like he was a, you know, he, he was a, a fighter and he was capable and he had all these massive stats, you know, he was, he was very incapable, very limits. Yeah, I absolutely knew his limits, knew when to be there, knew when to not be there. Um, and a big part of that was um, kind of navigating a, a scenario and being like, okay, I have this weedy, pathetic character who's not that great. How can I sort of navigate around this problem? How can I contribute it without, you know, without like, with, with staying true to the character at the same time? Because yeah. I think a lot of people, if they play like cowards or, you know, if they play people that aren't. Uh, good in fights they'll just not fight and they'll not contribute and yeah. then that's when you you're just a detriment to the to the party and, and kind of to the game but yeah, I, I think i think that's the obstacle when people want to stay too true to the character that they've made and they don't give concession to like maybe situations would change them slightly so like say you make yes. a character like my character's angry all the time but like you realistically you can't be angry all the time there will be times Absolutely where everything. a fight will break out yeah. like your character is fatigued you can't be asked you just be like oh okay i'll just autopilot yeah. through this um so it's interesting for me as someone who didn't well i don't think many people knew or maybe they found out during that period where because i was moving house and stuff and didn't play for a while um mm. but like what were his ulterior motives because i never found out Sure, yeah, so um, when I first created Devin, um, he was just a arcane trickster, um, yeah. and the, the story was that he was going to multi-class into a warlock. He had been tricked into, um, well, kind of tricked, but sort of goaded into this pact with a um, an evil creature while not being an evil character, yeah. and was forced to do these... Um, to do these things like sacrifice people, send them to this temple that was in the middle of nowhere, yeah. so he could, um, so his uh, patron could grow in power and grow in, in followers, and that was kind of leaking out towards the end. Um, but it, it was sort of that conflict between who am I sending? Do I want to keep doing this? Do I do I want to still you know keep game, being involved with this warlock when I know it's uh, with his patron rather? knowing it was um you know going to be leading to more dangerous things so like because from my perspective um at least on my character before i left for a while because the last thing i saw of devin before he got fucking annihilated was <laughs> my character didn't agree with you killing some dude mm-hmm. my guy kicked you in the face because mm-hmm. my character is like 
Captain America, like, good is good, evil is evil. Like, yeah. don't murder people for no reason. Did that have an effect on him going forward? Like, you said he was conflicted, or was it just a case of, I hate that little upstart with his purple pants? <laughs> no, it, it, <laughs> it, it, definitely, it definitely contributed. Um, and I, I always, like, like, I don't want something like that to have no consequences because it was a it was a good RP moment, so I wouldn't want to just gloss over that. And I mean, immediately after, we were like, I- I'm not going to stay in, a, in a, a party with someone that's just knocked me out. Yeah. Um. So, so a little bit of, of background for that as well. So that this guy that I, I stabbed, he was a bad guy. Yeah. Um. And we were t- we were kind of split on whether we should kill him, whether we should let him go. And I told him that I would let him go so long as he answered my questions. Yeah. Um. I also had an ulterior motive where this patron, uh, Vendrush, needed me to kill, uh, needed me to kill um, a, um, a magic user. Yeah. Um, with the blade that I was given from the patron, so I had like a little a packed weapon, and I needed to kill someone with that weapon. So yeah. I thought it was just a good opportunity to get that done. He was a bad guy, probably deserved to die anyways, um, and that's what sort of caused the conflict. Um, but yeah, it definitely had an impact. I think it had an impact on the campaign as well. You know, we had a time skip after that. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't play Devin for a little bit of time. You know, after that, while he was in the keeping things. Um. So yeah, it was it was nice to have something happen like with consequence, and then hope to either rectify that in the future or have it grow worse or you know have something have something come after it. Yeah. Hmm. So. You said you didn't play Devon for a while afterwards. Who did you play after the time skip? Uh, so I, I played... Um, so it was a couple of people um, played different characters just because it didn't make too much sense at the time to continue with the same party. We kind of sort of fragmented in three directions. So I played um, a character maybe for five or six sessions called Odd. Yeah. Um, he was a, a warforged um, uh, paladin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's Max Paladin. He went Oath of Ancients, and um, I wanted someone who was gonna be um, completely different from Devin um, mechanics-wise, but also like personality-wise, um, because I felt like I, I feel like if you were gonna, it was fine to have like recurring themes and that sort of thing, and I do like playing the same sort of characters, um, yeah. but it wouldn't make sense to put one character on the shelf and then play a very similar character. So I think him and Odd are probably the two biggest deviants from, um, uh, in terms of like character perspectives, but he was a lot of fun. So just going back to Devin for just a moment, uh, what was the, the inspiration behind him? Did you see like a character on any specific like form of media that you thought I'd like to play something like that? Like, was he based off anyone? Hmm. Uh, I think there was probably a couple of people that he, like, drew, like, inspiration from. Like, there was definitely, you know, like, a bit of pirate, a bit of, like, Jack Sparrow and stuff in him. He yeah. was kind of, like, kind of, like, Han Solo, like, like that sort of, like, charming rogue was sort of the 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 backbone of who I wanted him to be because yeah. his only good stat was charisma. Um... So I think if you if you were going to pick anyone from sort of like pop culturey stuff, I would probably say like a a less cool sort of Jack Sparrow, Han Solo kind of hybrid. Fair. Um, can't really think of anyone that I would that would have been uh, picked together. He was definitely sort of like led sort of like a double personality. You you had a, a set personality and maybe what he wanted to actually be perceived as was something completely different so even though he was a coward he wanted to be perceived as heroic so in in that extent um there's the harry potter character i think called gildroy lockhart that the defense against the dark arts teacher who lies about everything yeah the ginger one who hasn't yeah he's got no discernible qualities he's you know a, a total sham um so i think part part of that is probably a good comparison as well you merge those three characters like yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate when I think about it. But yeah, no, I definitely understand um, the comparisons they're having interacted with Devin a lot. So, let's move on to the character you play at the moment. Another piratey guy. And Yeah, I guess a, a bit of a recurring theme, yeah. And I have to ask you something about um, the character of Jax. Mm-hmm. Because I never got an answer for it because I wasn't there when he was introduced. Um, right. Why is he blue? 
Oh, uh, he is a Ejinasi. Oh, okay. so I wanted to, um, I wanted to play like an, an interesting race. You know, I, yeah, I played a, a Warforged, and before that, I had played Variant Human. Um, mm-hmm. So again, it was just something that I really wanted to um, to explore. I did have a look at a load of different Genasi, um, but I settled for Air Genasi because of the I, I had sort of made with the other characters. I, I had an idea of what I wanted to play beforehand. Yeah. Um, with with Jax, I had an idea of what I wanted to be to the to the party because we had just had a, a you know a near TPK. Yeah. Um, so at that point we had to figure out, you know, what did we need um, in terms of the group. I didn't want to play someone who was going to be pathetic in combat again after playing Devin. Um, and I was kind of torn on whether to play a high charisma character, um, but I think because I had played Odd, who was, you know, a, a dopey, uh, you know, stone bloke who had never really spent much time in society. He, he wasn't charismatic, he wasn't smart, that sort yeah. of thing sort of like fit the gap and so i uh, like enjoyed being able to play someone who had absolutely tons of charisma i think i i've noticed a trend in myself and some of my friends who do play D D. they'll like zero in on one stat that they'll try it out once and then they realize it's so useful that they keep gravitating mm. back to characters about that so i think yours mm-hmm. is charisma mine's agility because i started off as a barbarian so strength was my main thing and then i was testing out mm-hmm. like agility classes like i did a ranger for a bit and it was just like yeah. now I, I consider agility so useful. Like every character I make, I'm like, ah, even if it's got no agility, like I'll make a source and I'm like, gotta get a little. How bit, do I put yeah, agility yeah. on this guy? <laughs> how do yeah, I make I it rational? Like, yeah, de- I mean, dexterity is just a, a really good stat to have. Like you can benefit from even if you're wearing like heavy armor. Like there's some things that dexterity are still going to be really handy for. Um, yeah. So I, I, it, I definitely, even, I mean, even odd now, because I've been leveling them up in the background, has 16 charisma. So I definitely think it's it's not anything I very normally uh, play um, as, a, as like a dump stat. I never really, you know, have it eight. Um, in, the, in the home game that we play, I am playing a, an eight charisma cleric. Um, mm-hmm. But that's kind of like, it's, it's kind of, I wanted to play like an anti-charisma character where it was, they're they're charismatic but they're absolutely the wrong way about it if if that makes sense kind of like you wouldn't describe the hound as a charismatic character he's not good with people but he's very quick-witted like he's snarky exactly yeah yeah. i I would say he's he's got charisma but that doesn't mean he's a a charismatic no i definitely feel that um the chaffinch my current character he has eight charisma and he's Mm -hmm. the loudest talks a lot but it's because he's so insufferable that he's got minus one yeah. charisma. It's just things yeah, exactly like that. I like, I like yeah. just little details like that. Like I could have just given him high charisma, and even though he's insufferable, he's suddenly like making all of his checks. Well, that's that's not who mm-hmm. he is. He's overbearing. He's loud. Um, yeah. So I'll tell you the reason I thought Jax was blue, <laughs> because okay. all my character knows of him is he's some really old dude who's like he's battered in in shit. Like mm-hmm. the, the the art that you've supplied for me. <laughs> put on the video is very flattering to him because the way he was described to me is like he's falling apart he's missing an eye like he's missing a few fingers like i thought the reason he was blue and like he's always after that ship that he lost so Mm -hmm. i thought something happened he died at sea and his body became like blue and bloated as it does in the Ah. sea and he's been brought back to life by some like patron or something so that's why he's Mm -hmm. blue like so i'm for all this entire time until you just cleared it up like five minutes ago i thought he was just this animated cadaver (laughs) who really likes the sea I, you know what? I think that's a miles better story than what I had actually came up with. So I'm kind of a little bit jealous that that's not the reason. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, when I had thought about creating Jax, it was initially I want to play someone who um, is like a really dirty fighter. Yeah. You think like like Ric Flair, like dirty, like heel, like eye pokes, like stamping on toes, like yeah. scrappy. So I wanted to play, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, I could play a monk. But instead of, you know, like Kung Fu and Flurry of Blows, it's, you know, like really underhanded, like jab him in the throat, poke him in the eyes, spit on him, slap him, well, like kick him in the shins of the, the groin, archetype you know. of a, a pirate, so. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I, I wanted him to be someone who was like, a, who, you know, fought like a, fought like a pirate or, or anything else. And eventually it just kind of 
grew from there. So I wanted him to be a pirate captain, but I wanted him to be um, kind of like, uh, what's the word when you've uh, like crestfallen, like he fell from grace, like disgraced. Yeah. Um, I wanted him. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted him to be. I wanted him to have survived the mutiny. I wanted him to have walked the plank and and somehow made it back. And I was like, well, well, how can you make this happen as a character? Yeah. And one of the things that an Edge Nasi can do, uh, which you probably heard me talk about in the campaign, is that they can hold their breath indefinitely. Oh, so okay. he, that's why when he was he, he walked the plank and you know was tossed overboard, he was able to sort of trudge through the the ocean mm-hmm. you know maybe spend a couple of like a day or two walking hold his breath forever and uh turn up um on some beach somewhere see i'm i'm gonna ask you a question and i don't know if it's D racist or not so please do check me if it is with well, a being an air <laughs> genasi why isn't he a sky pirate not a sea, why is he a sea pirate instead of a sky pirate? um be- well, there was a couple of different reasons. Like I, I saw Water Genasi, and and originally the reason I picked Air Genasi was um they get the built-in levitate um spell. So you've seen yeah. me cast levitate a couple of times. I have. My original idea was he was going to walk the plank, step off, defy gravity, flip him the bird, <laughs> and then just <laughs> so long, <laughs> suckers. Yeah, but um. I- I realized it didn't last for too long. You know, after Levitate is done, he's kind of just flopping about, not doing anything. So that's why I had him go through the seabed. And, and a water genasi can do the same thing. So a water genasi can just breathe underwater, I believe. Yeah. So I, I could have done it both ways, but um, I wanted all of his spells to be thematically about the wind. So I wanted him to be... So um, ship faster and stuff like that. Exactly, yeah. So I wanted him to, to love being out on the open sea, not so much for the water for the freedom for you know yeah. for the wind for the sailing that sort of thing so he's not so much a fan of of the water as he is um as like the the freedom being on the open sea brings hmm. so with with jacks were it similar into like devon and stuff was he inspired by the same people or was it a sort of uh you wanted someone who was still a pirate but it was completely like based on mm. something different or was it just something you just sat one day and thought this might be a good idea I wasn't particularly drawn from anything yeah I mean um, you know when you think pirates and I've already like talked about Devin being sort of like Jack Sparrow I don't think of, of Jackson the same way at all because yeah. Devin was Devin was more like all out for himself and um, you know very me first and then everyone afterwards uh, Jax is completely different even though he's not a nice guy and he's a, he's a bastard, and he's a you know he's a an evil character, and his alignment's chaotic evil. There's nothing that he Is wouldn't it? do. For yeah, he's, yeah. Been, he's been very nice to me. Yeah, well, I mean, there's nothing that he wouldn't do for his crew, and and just because a like let's say a bandit is chaotic evil, a bandit chief isn't gonna kill all of his bandit buddies. Like he needs them. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a pirate captain needs his crew. He can't do it the ship himself. So you know, um. He was. That's why I think he took when we were in the Feywild and we had that big falling out with the party yeah. because some people got left behind. That was like the ultimate betrayal in in Jax's mind because you you never leave the crew behind. You do everything you can for the crew, and that's part yeah, yeah. of what being a, a captain and a leader is all about. And I, I don't think that's um um I don't think that's like at odds with being a chaotic evil character. I think you can be both. No, I if like people... if he expects something of someone, like it doesn't matter what your alignment, if you've like got a brain with someone, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, I, I think people think of like chaotic evil as like, oh, I'm gonna kill and steal from everyone, I'm gonna fuck my party over, but yeah. I, I don't, I don't really think that's just a good way to play D and D, regardless of what alignment you are. Um, the only time that would be applicable is like if everyone was evil, like you're doing an evil campaign, so everyone was expected yeah. to like turn the evil up to eleven type thing. And it's maybe like a, it's it's a, a partnership out of necessity or a partnership out of like mutual uh, beneficial. Uh, I don't know what the, the the term is like. If it's beneficial to all parties, then yeah. that's why you're working together. And then if it isn't, then that's where you go your separate ways. Um, mm-hmm. But I think a big part of D and D is figuring out why you 
why your character is is one to work with all these people. Otherwise, you're you're probably not going to be playing that character for very long. Fair. So next thing I want to ask you about, um, and you can answer this for both Devin and Jax. What do you think, okay. if any, if they've had one, or in Jax's case, if he's yet to have one, but if they have, what do you think has been your character's most defining moment so far? Um, I think for Devin, it's easy. Um, I, I think there's two. Uh, the first one would be um, when he inherited Dunmallow Keep after getting a kick and, and knocked out from your character. Yep. And I, I kind of think that was a you know a big wake up call for him. And you know he was stubborn and um, he he knew that what he was doing wasn't right, but he was still pissed off that it, it happened at all. He was still pissed off at the Chaffinch for doing it. Yeah. Um. But it, it let him have a the responsibility of owning the keep and being away from everyone for quite a while and then having all of these people to care about these new soldiers town folk people on patrol to worry about when we had the time skip Mm -hmm. um sort of gave Devin a different perspective and i think that was um showing in his play style because when we came back and we all converged together i think Devin, you know i got to play Devin as more like a uh, like a leader like we had lost our tanks but and we had lost the people that Devin would normally hide behind. Yeah. And in the end, it was Devin that was saying, you know, like, this isn't a good idea, but it's the right thing to do. We have to stop this evil guy yeah. from being able to do his, his you know, evil plan. Um, even if it was, um, even if it was something that was going to cause like party deaths and stuff, I, I think new Devin would have had a, a difficult time walking away from something like that. I think that was that was kind of like merging them both together. That sort of when we had that turning point where there was that sort of um, ultimatum from that bad guy Death Knight. And he's like, yeah. "You'll do this for me, and maybe you'll get your bulk back, but you're definitely not getting this really good weapon you need." And we're like, "Well, I mean, we've got to we've got to kick this guy's ass now. Like, there's no there's no way about it. This guy's this guy's got to get killed." Yeah. Um, and even though we got our asses kicked and we got killed, I think that was a big turning point for Devon to be like, I am not running away anymore. I'm not running away from this. Like, we have to stand up to this guy. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a big turning point, and I, I would have loved to, to survive because I think that would have been such a big character moment for Devon, but sometimes that's not the way you go when you're fighting a challenge rating 16 guy with uh, 36 hp or however much Devin had. yeah the dice were definitely not in your favor on that one <laughs> yeah so how about jacks like has he had anything yet because i've been around for most of jacks i think there was a little period where i wasn't mm-hmm. like just right at the start because you guys encountered me like just i don't know how many sessions but um mm-hmm. so was it before after have i witnessed it was it something i was a part of i don't know um, I think there is going to be one that is coming, and I, I don't want to say too much about it. Of course. Um, but I think definitely Jax's perspective on friends and allies has changed dramatically from um, from Jax's backstory. You know, he was a pirate leader. He 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 killed his former captain, but it was for the good of the crew. Yeah. The reason he killed his former captain was because um, the captain was going to uh, turn one of their own members of the crew in for um, beating up a, a captive or doing something to the captive that they had. Because like, in, in, in Jax's mind, like that was the captain turning against the crew. So yeah. to protect the crew, Jax killed the captain, took over from there, and was you know successful for about 10 or so years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then t- to to do that for the, for the crew and then have the mutiny against him sort of turns it on it on its own head and it's kind of like it's kind of a little bit hypocritical and it's kind of why he's i think a very like human character because he in the end he grew to be that captain that the rest of the crew weren't happy with and he was putting their their lives in danger um so i think it was it gave him a bit of like introspection so i think that's stopped him from just being like i'm going to go back and i'm just gonna kill all of my former crew for revenge because they you know they fucked me over to I was a bit of a knob and and these new friends that I have, you know, haven't, I would do anything to make sure that they're not going to betray me as well. And I care a lot about them. Um, I think that's kind of, I, I don't, I don't think Jax is the leader of that group, but I think he considers himself responsible for kind of for their safety. 
I think that's him, just him sort of being left over as like a you know a, a captain and looking out for a, a crew. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's happened yet, but I think if if one was to have happened, it would be getting kicked off the boat and then and then meeting the new guys. Mm-hmm. I have a question regarding Jax. The, mm-hmm. So just the background, obviously, because we're about the only people who, and other people in the campaign know what happened. But there was a, right. a point where you, we got, well, you went one direction, the party went the other. I went back to get you. Uh, you mm-hmm. went to this other dimension <laughs> through an item. And the mm-hmm. item was very heavy. We were getting stopped by something that just couldn't be killed. So I'm trying to run yep. away with it. And then there was mm-hmm. a moment where my character, who <laughs> has just experienced trauma after trauma, <laughs> and the death of the first party, which he wasn't a part of, so all of his friends mm-hmm. are dead, um, yes, he had to yeah. drop that item to survive and get another one of his friends, little our little companion No, who's a little mm-hmm. gremlin thing, to safety. And mm-hmm. then, um, luckily, one of the, the drunk monk in our um, party punched his way through ice to get back to us, rescued the item, you got, it pulled you out, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But then you you confronted the party that didn't come back for us, n- not Ruff, yeah. um, the drunk monk, but everyone else who just didn't seem mm-hmm. to want to come back for us. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not Sid, because Sid was in like the process of following Ruff. But, and then there was that confrontation. That was also part of the confrontation. And I said to your character, I'm the one who left you behind. <laughs> like, I threw uh-huh. the ball away. But you just didn't... Be- but your character didn't believe me. Like, I'm wondering why that's the case when I was t- telling you, just just at face value, I threw the ball down. Like, I couldn't save you. I'm the one who left you type thing. Well, there was a couple of things. Um, So, prior to jumping into the ball and... I was like, well, what's the matter? You've never taken a shortcut before? Yeah. Oh, I'm in the <laughs> elemental plane of water now. This is a bad idea. <laughs> um, prior to that happening, it was me, you, and that no, the, the NPC little gremlin guy. Yeah. Um, and we had made such an effort to not leave this helpless NPC behind. Yeah. Um, and so I, I knew that the Chaffinch wasn't someone that was just going to, you know, once I jumped in the bowl, just be like, well, I, I mean, that's him taken care of. I guess I'll meet up with the other guys now. Um, so it was partially trusting trust in the Chaffinch, but it was also you had picked up and carried the bowl. So from, from Jax's perspective, I jumped through the bowl in one room. I came back through the bowl in a completely different area that I had never seen before. Yeah. So he knows to some extent that the Chaffinch has, has moved the ball, has took it with him. Um, otherwise, if he had came back out and he was still in the room that he uh, left the Chaffinch in, you know, in that sort of in that big open-ended space where he initially jumped through the portal, okay. if I came back out there, I'd be like, Chaffinch, that little shit left me behind. Like, <laughs> um, but because I was right there with the rest of the group, I I, I knew that you would. Um, that you would have tried your best um and it was so i was more um concerned with confronting everyone that i knew hadn't tried okay. if that makes sense yeah like i sense. i knew we had already went you know uh, uh like 100 percent in to rescue no and make sure we, um we were all getting back and then i was more concerned with the people that from jack's perspective hadn't made that effort okay that makes sense I just thought you were just ignoring my <laughs> things entirely. Like, I left you behind. I pulled my... Well, I don't think Jax knows, but, like, my flare gun thing can't harm anyone. It's just, like... Right. I pulled it on you because you were threatening Nick. And I yeah. was like, yo, like, I'm the one who left you behind. Please stop shouting at these people. It was pretty intense. I thought there was going to be fisticuffs. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried, though. Well, I was on the best of fisticuffs in the party, but, you know... <laughs> Well, I wanted to, like, I warned most of them in advance because I, I don't want to just, like, you know, it was the next session and yeah, yeah. I didn't want to just go straight 100 miles an hour and be like, all right, pricks, it's time to, like, throw down. <laughs> like, we've been waiting for this for a week. But I've had, like, a week to prep. I've I've had a week to think of what I was going to say and then they'd be just completely off guard. So, you know, I messaged most of them. I didn't message yeah. Dave, which I forgot about. Sorry, yeah. Dave. Um, but I messaged the others and I was like, listen, I'm probably going to get Jax to say some really mean things. 
um but you know it's it's you know just part of being a, a pissed off character that thinks he's being left for dead you know like, yeah um, yeah Man's so it was as they say yeah pretty much like especially because it was a, a little bit of sort of you know he trusted those guys and, and it, i don't know if anyone caught on but when we played at center parks and we played in person we yeah. fought that massive demon and things went really badly they did um and I was, you know, like I am, I'm a, I'm a monk bard. I, I am not a healer, um, yeah. but I was pumping out, you know, temp HPs with enhance ability. I was picking people up with um, healing uh, words as bonus actions and stuff. Um, and there was a point where Ruff went down. Yeah. Um, and everyone was backpedaling. Everyone was getting the fuck out of there because it was about to explode and cause, you know, catastrophic damage to anyone that was around. And Jax had said to Ruff that he needed to get up because everyone would be a lot uh, a lot more upset if Ruff died compared to Jax. Yes, Jax I knew like, that. <laughs> yeah, Jax, Jax knew that, you know, for the, you know, concern of the, the rest of the group, that people like Ruff and Sid, who are, you know, universally liked, are, are going to be uh, big problems if they go down or if they get killed, especially for party that have lost a load of allies already. And part of it was just trust in how tough as nails Jax thinks he is and yeah. part of that was just sort of protectiveness over the rest of these characters that are really young in comparison to Jax I think as well As a, just a side note I think it's very hilarious that our party has three monks and all three of them are just yeah. fucking batshit insane and just ready <laughs> to die in a moment's <laughs> notice for everyone around. else <laughs> yeah that the um, end of that fight just to give uh, anyone listening who didn't who obviously isn't part of the campaign basically everything was fucked we had the we were fighting this big demon thing but the caveat was like it was going to explode because um the the planeswalker in our party had more of like a keen sense of what this thing was and he recognized that it was the type of demon that was going to explode with an immense radius if it went so if we got to the edge of the map it would have been fine but obviously there's got to be someone behind to finish it off um and, all and we were age... already getting our ass kicked as well so yeah. we had already had like some downs like some some death saving throws being made that sort of thing and it wasn't a case of like just everyone back up like our planes walk i'll just arrow it because we didn't have any idea of like how much hp it had left we only knew it looked like it was completely fucked so it could have exploded any time we had too many melee people within range it was a fire demon so it was yes. just like setting fire to everyone, like it was doing fire damage. My character lost all of his HP like right near the start because he was in a blind rage, punching into its yeah. lava skin. And Sid, the uh, planeswalker, had already went down twice in that fight as well. So for a lot of this, I don't even think he would have been like he capable fatigued, of doing probably. the blow. Um, yeah, yeah. And the only thing like my character can do while he can't heal is he can stabilize people. So I would only be able to like make sure they were bleeding out and pull them out, but. I was just dead set on like giving my life for the party, and luckily, my my darling wife, uh, <laughs> Laura's character, shout out to Laura, just had just went I'll fuck it, I'll try and sleep it, and it had just enough HP that we could send it to sleep, move everyone, like, pull everyone to safety, then blow it up. So like, but before um we had that because Laura's uh fairly new to our group. <laughs> And I don't think she's ever played an arcane trickster before, so she didn't know like the way like sleep mechanics work. It was just a hail mary from like her perspective. Yeah. So like for all intents and purposes, if she hadn't thought to like, oh, I'm just gonna try this, that would have been like at least two thirds of the party just fucking dead. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We we definitely would have had some some deaths. Um, I I think that might have been the best like sleep spell I've ever seen. It was kind of like, you know, when uh, you're, like, fighting a legendary Pokemon and you've paralyzed it and it's on one HP, but it's just breaking out of all of the Ultra Balls and it's just kicking all of your party's yeah. ass. And then, like, just one one hypnosis is all it takes to just put him out for good, get him sorted, and just get everyone in complete safety. It was always like, Articuno for me. That icy yeah. bastard. <laughs> it's, it was yeah it was just a perfect hail mary because i mean because we were playing with seven people our yeah. dm really buffs up the hp on a lot of stuff because otherwise everything would just be a, a cakewalk in terms of dps especially for a three monk party with no um, exactly yeah um so 
for it, I think he said it was on like 26 HP or something like no, that. It was, so it was um, ready to blow. It was 17 because Laura oh, really? rolled 18 on the sleep spell. Because oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, right, Mike yeah. wouldn't tell us like how much HP it had left, but it was like 3d8, I think she had to roll, something like that. I know um, she had to either get 7 or 8 on it, and she got, I think it was above a 6. And then she rolled a seven. And I just mm-hmm. fucking went mental. I was like, oh. Yeah, we all did. <laughs> Holy shit. But but to go back to uh, Jax, just in general, don't want to get too bogged down in talking about a campaign. Um, <laughs> we're going to look at his character sheet. So Ooh. let's have a look-see. Okay. So, I've never actually seen this before. Up close to person. Oh, really? No, absolutely not. Oh, well, um, I guess you can't on, on roll 20. You can only see your own, yeah. I didn't even say it at center box. Like I didn't look at anyone else's sheet. Mm. So, um, minus one intelligence. So that that checks out. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I expected him to be higher in uh, strength. Yeah. Um, so, it was... a. I, I didn't know... I, I know I wanted him to have, like... to You know, he's, he's old. He's, you know, he's 40 years old. He's... He's seen some shit, you know, like you said, he's yeah. beaten up, he's got cauliflower ears, he's missing an eye, he's missing a couple of fingers, that sort of thing. And I wanted him to be, like, over the hill, so I'm not ever putting any of his physical stats up from what they are now. Yeah, I don't want him to ever be, like, stronger or anything like that, but at the same time, he's a sailor, so um, I will send you my skills as well, because I think it's important, because while he does have eight strength, and I wanted to give him a bit of a dad bod... Yeah. I wanted him to be proficient in athletics because it wouldn't make sense for a swimmer, like oh, sorry, a sailor, not to be good at swimming or pulling yeah. ropes and rigging and that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, he's he's very over the hill, very dad bod. Um, so I think eight strength. Um, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. I thought his um, strength and constitution were much higher because he seems like every fight we get into. He's like a cockroach, and you can't kill him. But yeah, it's also like I think it's his bard school. Like he gets incredible AC, doesn't he? Yes, yeah. So because he's he's College of Swords, um, he gets instead of just spending bardic inspirations on like cutting words. I don't get cutting words or anything like that. I get the the sword proficiencies. So you get like um kind of like fighter combat maneuvers. Yeah. So you get um like attacking flourish where you can attack in a um in a wider arc, hit multiple people. You get a mobile flourish where you can push someone for bonus damage and then chase after them. Yeah. Then you get defensive flourish, which is um, bonus damage, and then you add your bodic inspiration to your AC. So I already have 20 AC, and my bodic inspirations are D8, soon to be D10. Jesus. So that's you know potentially 28 or 30 AC if you if you rolled well. That's quite beefy. I thought my yeah. unarmored monk and my mystic side blades giving me plus two ac was good but <laughs> fuck me well, i guess I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that you know he's very like cockroachy and that sort of thing yeah um because i i kind of i, I really love role playing um getting like taking like big damage and making people think that i'm about to go unconscious yeah um and then maybe surviving like one or two more hits the old spider-man um, the old spider-man for sure uh because even I mean, he's got a lot of HP. Um, eighty nine is, yeah. is, a, is a probably I think, I think it might be the most out of all of us. Maybe, yeah, he's got more than me for sure. I think the only person that might have more than him is um Sid or Ranger, but I I, I think yeah. even he might not have more than Jax. Um, but it's a it's a, a, a definite choice of mine. So there was a, a fight when we were uh, underground. Yeah. Where we fought those vampire dudes at the bottom of the castle. Yeah. Um, and we were all really fucked up um and Jax had never been hit unconscious at that point with the party mm-hmm. so it was kind of like sort of like drunken vigor and a bit of overconfidence and i think i was at like 2 hp yeah. but i didn't want any of the party to to know that i was at 2 hp because i didn't because Jax didn't want them worrying about him and i mean he's you know i'm, I'm the best and you know i've got 20 ac i'll deflect any blows that are going to come towards me I'll, I'll be fine yeah um so I, I I like being in that sort of situation where you're kind of holding the cards to your chest and just fighting as if you know you as if nothing was ever wrong. But I think yeah. that's because you never really see Jacks be like, "Oh my god, I need healing! Somebody protect me!" 
Yeah, it true. always seems like he's, you know, he's he's always just like unkillable and you know confidence and and that sort of thing. I mean, it's very I, much like a, conf, a, a conscious decision. On like a very a game mechanic level, I think that that works. Like it trickles over into real life because I know whenever there's a fight going off, like I don't worry about you because you just seem to have more AC than I than I can comprehend. I don't <laughs> worry about rough because well we'll probably get on into it when like he does an episode like he's got uh, that vampiric weapon which just heals mm-hmm. him sometimes so like yep. i'm not and he's got decent hp to begin with i believe and rage yeah yeah so and he's yeah barbarian takes half damage for most things so like i'm not worried about him the same with mishkria because you can turn in all these um elementals and stuff so like their hp yeah. isn't actually getting mulched um so i'm not worried about those three but like myself i definitely because for a monk i haven't got much hp um, yeah, and just like any like, I'm always worried about. No, the little gremlin companion that I seem to have adopted, um, like our ranger. Even though like uh, David does a good job of staying outside of like danger, I'm still concerned mm-hmm. in case somebody throws like a fucking missile at him. And yeah. obviously, Nix is like his character is made to be frail, so like I'm always conscious of like trying to catch missiles that go near him and stuff like that. Um, yeah. so like you're making yourself out to be a character that's like oh I'm fine I'm fine that's definitely worked on me because as soon as the fight going on and like you and Ruff and myself are in the front line I'm like we, we're never gonna die <laughs> we're a mall <laughs> we'll live forever so yeah and I, I think going back to the, the game we played at Santa Pox as well um, Jax was also one of the characters that never went down there and I, yeah. I think I was on I was either I was definitely single digits and I was either like between 1 to 6 HP yeah. Uh, so I know, like, if it exploded or something, I, I was gonna be fucked. Like, yeah. I would, I would get wiped out for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, it's part of what I was saying. You know, Jack knows that everyone else would be upset if, you know, Chaffinch or like Miscreat would be upset if Chaffinch died and or if Sid or Ruff died, then they'd all care a lot more. So it's kind of just being that sort of, I don't know what the word is, like a cornerstone of that sort of like you know he's not like super tanky yeah, but yeah. he's like reliable to be there and do his job and and you know that no matter what hp is out or what the situation is he's always going to be doing the exact same thing and supporting the group good old um, parry merchant yeah pretty much give him the old duck dip dive and dodge whatever it is absolutely but um so gone over just about everything to do with uh Jax and Devin. So next one, you don't have to answer these, as it might okay. give away stuff in the future. But are there any characters that you want to play that you haven't played yet? Um yes, I would love to play more Artificer. Uh, absolutely I think one of the, the, the funnest things for D D um for me is using what you have um and reacting within those confines to solve problems yeah. so um and i think artifice was like one of the you know one of the best characters for something like that mm-hmm. um so like for Jax, Jax has no offensive spells yeah i don't know if you know this but the only thing that he can do for range is is vicious mockery okay he's got got 11 spells but all of them are just situational utility um he does have that giant wall of wind, which he could blow people into oblivion with, I guess. Yeah, um, and it's, it's came in handy, um, but it's not like a damage sort of... Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't do any damage or anything like that. I'd be a um, big DPS I, guy. Yeah, I like... And I mean, if I was going to do anything like that, I would just go up and, you know, punch him in the face. Um, yeah. But I like having those sort of... I, I think an artificer has, like, a lot of um, certain things that they can do that other classes can't, especially with, like mechanical servant and they get a, a bunch of weird proficiencies and things that not many other character classes get um they can make their own you know they get magical weapons you know they can make their own magical artifacts and stuff it's all really interesting stuff um and i think the like i was just saying before that we haven't really played too much of it but that anti-charisma i really wanted to play an anti-charisma character so mm. in the in the other game i play um a, a cleric who's a uh, order domain yeah so it's like kind of like a like a military domain i think it's in like xanathar's guide or something like that um and i played ca- pretty much um 
like a Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine Nine kind of character, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's 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 such a straight man that he's like so straight it it's like become stupid if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So in our in our introduction, we had um, Mike was playing a wild magic sorcerer that was just having wild magic go off all the time. Yeah, and and my character stood up, saw that all this like a fire and explosions were going off and burst through the the in door chasing after this character because he was in violation of like fire safety precautions for the yeah, town yeah, yeah. and stuff so it's so just something that was like should be you know plain but just being so such a stickler and so like um yeah I think, so i think those characters are underrated like every like wildly like over eccentric character needs the straight man to play off so like yeah being a hundred percent being the straight man is sometimes a lot more fun than being the silly person it's less energy and like it's more room for improv because you've got to react to like whatever this the other other members of the party can throw at you so i think it's mm-hmm. it's probably like what well, you said right at the start of the episode you enjoy the improvisation aspect so i think being the only like regular normal person who's aware of exactly. all the danger around yeah. these flippant like adventurer types is probably a lot of fun and i, I think part of that as well is just because you play a kind of character like that doesn't mean you can't be the silly person. Like, you could be, like, that character is so a stick in the mud, and, and Captain Holt is, is is exactly the same. He's such a stick in the mud. He yeah. doesn't understand, like, you know, like, abbreviations and acronyms and stuff because they make no sense to him, that he's almost, like, ridiculous. So you can still have a lot of fun, and you can still be silly while being, like, you know, perfectly straight man and, you know, like, um, completely stone faced. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a lot of fun, and it's it's a big difference from the characters I'm playing at the minute. Nice. Well, that's everything I have for you today. That's all my questions. I mean, we talked forever, a surprising amount. So. We did, but that's what we do here. We talk about characters. But yeah. So thanks for joining me, and don't know that's when the next great. episode will be up because everyone's sort of like moving house and stuff. I know Bill is. I know I am soon. Um, so I don't know when the next episode is going to come out but thank you for joining me Ryan it's been a pleasure no problem thank you buddy